0: Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David O'Gaga. For more information, please call two three four eight zero three four eight one zero eight six nine, Or for free audio downloads, kindly visit www.davidogaga.org. And two on the Bible say, and I saw another mighty angel came down from heaven. Clouded with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And verse two says, And he had his hand, a little book open, and he set his foot upon the sea, and his left foot upon the earth. And this is what we want to look at if you are the verse two. Praise the Lord. The verse 2 is the key thing that we want to be dealing with. Um, remember I said before that the question came as to what does it mean for this angel foot to be on the, on the sea and one food to be on the earth. So that is what we're going to be dealing with. But again I will touch very quickly here um, the issue of the rainbow uh, a little bit. We find that the first thing is in Revelation chapter 4 verse 3. Revelation 4 verse 3, the Bible tells us precisely that there was this rainbow that was upon the throne. and The Bible says, and he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a satin stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in the sight like unto an emerald. So here we find that the rainbow was around the throne. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now, but as we just read in Revelation 10 verse 2, the rainbow was now upon the head of the mighty angel. I don't know if you noticed that. And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot on the earth. But verse 1 tells us, That he has a rainbow on his head Praise the Lord Amen Alright So Revelation um, Revelation 4 verse 3 We have the rainbow around the throne Revelation 10 verse 1 We have the rainbow on his head Praise the Lord That's Revelation 10 verse number 1 So now Something seems to be happening here Already we said that Christ is this mighty angel from previous studies. And, um, Coloss- I mean, Ephesians 1 verse 22 for instance. Ephesians 1 22 tells us that Christ is the head of the body. You see, and put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Right? Okay. Then look at Colossians 2 verse 10. Colossians 2.10, Bob made us understand is the head of all principalities and powers. Alright? So what we, can we see from this? Around. In Revelation 10 verse 1, again I repeat, the rainbow is around the throne. Then, I mean, sorry, Revelation 4.3 is around the throne. Revelation 10 verse 1 is upon the head of the mighty angel. Now Christ is the head of the church. So what is it supposed to mean? That means the authority of heaven is now resting on the head of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. I want you to pick it again. In Revelation chapter 4 verse 3, the rainbow is around the throne. A the throne is a place of power, is a place of dominion. In the place of the authority of God, if you will. Is that okay? The king rose from the throne. Now that rainbow that's around the throne has kind of moved now onto the head of this mighty angel, which is Christ. So now, this Christ, you see, having this rainbow on his head, we are also told is the head of the body and is the head of all principalities and power. So what is that supposed to mean? It means that the authority and dominion of the Christ The rainbow on his head Has come down from God Out of heaven The rainbow round about the throne Or from the spirit realm And it's resting on him And so by this movement He's bringing the rulership Of heaven Of the spirit realm Into the life Of the sons of God because he is the head of the church And the church is what? His body according going to Ephesians 1 verse 22 Is that alright? Praise the Lord In other words There is something that he needed to do And that is actually bringing sons into glory Now for this to happen It's going to be manifested through him Who is the head of the church Praise the living God Now let's get the message translation Again we read Ephesians 1 22-23 From the message translation I would like us to read that And he said He is in charge of it all Over everything Has a final word on everything At the center of all things Christ rules the church The church you see Is not peripheral To the world The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body. In which he speaks and acts. By which he fills everything with his presence. Praise the living God. Now, he is the head of the church. And He's is speaking through the church. What is that supposed to mean? It means, don't forget. Revelation 4.3 you have the rainbow around the throne, which is the authority and the dominion of God. Now that rainbow is now on the head of the mighty angel. Is that okay? And the head of the mighty angel, like we are seeing now, is the head of the church. So now, the church is his body. So what are we talking about? We are eventually begin to see that a rainbow He's from the head of the church, because he's the head and we are the body and the rainbow is resting on him. by implication, we are drawing strength power and dominion from that same authority of his. and that is why he speaks and acts through the church. by implication now, he's bringing many sons into the place of power, dominion and authority. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, one thing is so important here. We've got to understand that the rainbow is a symbol of covenant and promises. I would like us to read this particular passage in Genesis chapter 9. We read 13, we read 16. What exactly is this rainbow? verse 13 says i do set my bow in the cloud that shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth okay go to verse 16 and the bow shall be in the cloud and i will look upon it now you see when god is speaking these are promises verse 13 is a covenant verse uh, what is verse 16 yeah he's making promises is that okay right and the ball shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. That's a promise. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. So then, with the rainbow upon the head of Christ, the angel, like we have seen now in Revelation chapter ten, verse one, we see all the prophetic promises and the covenant. Given to the false fruit company of his. Like we find in Revelation 14. Let's look at Revelation 14 again, verse 4 to 5. And he said, These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb, whithersoever ever it goeth. These were redeemed from among men. Being the first fruit unto God and to the Lamb. Verse 5. And in their mouth was found no guy, no lies, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Praise the Lord. So what are we seeing here? By reason of the covenant, now upon the head of Christ, who is the head of the church, God is bringing to pass all of the promises that he has made. Now, he already said he wasn't going to smile at the edge anymore. He said, when he sees the rainbow, he'll remember his own covenant. But now that covenant is going to be manifested, if you will, not just to a people, but through a people. Because he already told us in Ephesians 1 that through the church, and 23. God or Christ acts and do what? And speaks. So here is a group of people that God is redeeming to himself, have redeemed to himself, and then is going to impress or pass through them for the redemption, if you will, of the rest of creation. Praise the living God. By the time I begin to explain to you he's stepping on the earth and stepping on the sea, you'll be able to understand that when Christ steps on you, It simply means it's possessing you. Like you find in Joshua. I'm going to read all of that. When we go to Joshua chapter 10. And there Joshua was telling the children of Israel, the captains. Get all the five kings and put your legs or your foot upon their necks. It speaks of a conquering spirit. Praise the living God. When we go there, we begin to understand. Now the point is this. If God is going to use you. Are you going to be part of this company that we're talking about? The first thing that will happen to you is Christ will have to conquer you. He steps on you. He put his feet on your life. It is as he conquers you and possesses you that you finally become an instrument that he uses. Praise the living God. Now we need to understand something. That from 1948, for those of you who understand church history, we can remember of the latter Movement. That is God evidently beginning to tell creation of the things that he intends to do. It's evident that the Lord himself then have covenanted with his own to reveal his sons in all the glory and power of the firstborn Christ, now Christ is the head. I want to repeat again of the church, and every authority that the Christ is carrying is what the church is meant to manifest. It is only through His body that He can reveal His glory. Praise the living God. Amen. In Revelation, Romans chapter eight, verse twenty-nine, if you can go there, Romans eight twenty-nine, the Bible made us understand that Christ is the firstborn, and this is what He said. For whom he did for new, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be what? The firstborn among many brethren. He's got to be the firstborn among many brethren. So get it right. It simply means at the end of the day, every authority that he did exhibit and we ever exhibit the church is meant to exhibit it. And not just one man, is going to be a people. All over the world, manifesting the glory that we're talking about. You know, sometimes when we talk about the manifesting of sonship and gracious waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, some of us will always have this question, for how long is that going to be? This thing was written some 2,000 years ago. But I don't know if you understand that it took about 7,000 years before the promise in Genesis was made manifest. The seed of the woman. How many years did it take? <laughs> it took 7,000 years before it came into being. And so, when you start arguing you know, or thinking about, oh man, how long is it going to be? This thing was 2,000 years ago. How long are we going to wait? You're just going to wait because the timings and the seasons of God, they are in his hand. And the Bible tells us at the fullness of time, even Christ that was promised, for instance, in relation to the virgin birth. Remember that? The seed of woman that will brood the serpent was prophesied in Genesis chapter 3. How I many of you remember that? How long did it take before Jesus came into birth? Hmm? Even when Isaiah spoke of a virgin that will bring forth, his child shall be born, his son shall be given. How long did he take? <laughs> Praise the living God. Is anybody hearing what I'm talking about? So, creation is waiting and that is the truth. There's gonna be a manifestation of the sons of God all over the world with identical authority and power of Jesus Christ because the head of the body is a false born among many brethren. Now when you have a false born in a family, that doesn't mean other children will not come up. The father is a fourth-born, show that there are other people that are going to be born in that family by the same father. And of course, he said it when you pray, "Say this, our Father." He identified with the disciples by indicating that he is a fourth-born among many brethren. He's our Father, not just my Father. is my Father and also what your Father. Praise the Lord. So what are some of those promises? Like I said, right from the time of the 1948 appalling of that which is called the Day Movement, God has been revealing himself, bringing forth a dimension of the promises that He has made right within that framework of that which is called Rainbow Covenant. A lot of promises have been revealed right from that time. And among the things that we can find are such promises. We have to look at the progressive manifestation of these promises like the issues of deliverance, the perfecting of the thing, the victories, I mean the transformation, the glory in terms of wisdom, power. We are talking of the promises of incorruptible life. We are talking of immortality. We are talking of dominion. All of these things are going to be manifested by the sons of God. Praise the living God. That's what we have made us to understand. That we have to understand this one thing. We shall not all sleep. We shall all be changed. And that this mortar must put on what? Immortality. It's a promise. It's one of the covenant that God has made with man. And it's definitely going to come to pass. Is that okay? We've had people ask this question. David, you keep on saying this. When are we going to? The when is left for God. It's not about what you say. It has to do with. Now, I do ask this question as well. When Isaiah prophesied about the birth of Jesus, did Isaiah see Jesus? Now does it mean what he said was false? That's the point. Some of us are prophetic voices. We may or we may not attain to it. But we know this is God's agenda. We are following His agenda, we are following His timetable. We are declaring what He has in mind. Don't forget what I am dealing with, the rainbow upon the throne and on the head of the mighty angel which is Christ. And the head is the head of the church which is His body. And if the head is carrying the rainbow which has been promises and the covenant of God, definitely all of those covenants are going to be manifested through a people which are the many company, the many member body of who? Of Jesus Christ. Praise the living God. And who knows? You can be a partaker of that. Praise the living God. Amen. So this is his goal for eternity past. That all of these things, his glory, his power, his wisdom, his dominion. My friend, listen. We partook so much about Adam, but we're not going to end up like Adam. We're ending up like the second Adam. Praise the living God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. Now there is something you need to understand. All of these promises that I just mentioned talk about deliverance because they are progressive revelations of the promises that God has made. Progressively, His mind is being revealed. Like I said, the perfecting of descent. Remember that? Right? According to the book of Hebrews. And bring the sons into glory by perfecting them, right? Their salvation, the victory over the enemy, over Satan, the transformation. Be it transformed by the renewing of your mind. All of these things are what? Promises. The wisdom, Christ being made our wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1, 30. The glory, the power of incorruptible, like I said, the dominion and authority of the kingdom. All of these things are coming to pass on a gradual basis and level. But the point is this, all these things I just mentioned, they are all in the mind and in the power and authority of Christ that is locked up within you. They are not going to be coming from outside of you. Praise the living God. The dominion the authority of Christ that I'm talking about describing is locked up within you in the mind of Christ. Bible says, ladies, this might be you, which was also in who? In Christ Jesus. When you have the mind of Christ, all of these things I'm talking about, they are all within the mind of Christ, and they are within you. And on a gradual level, there's an unfolding of these things, which are already we are in the mind of Christ. Praise the living God. That's what we need to understand. So they are locked up within every one of us, with the privilege of revealing them at the appointed time, As we become the praise of his glory. Who first trusted in Christ. Let's look at Ephesians 1 verse 12. Ephesians 1 verse 12. Let's go back here a little bit. Let's take it from verse 10. Just look at this. That in the dispensation. And I want you to catch because this is very, very important. It's key to all of what we're talking about. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times. Not not fullness of time. Fullness of times. Can we get that from another translation? Another Maybe a simpler translation. No, no, no. Just... Okay, I don't know. Give me something a little bit different. Not amplify. Okay. Okay, he so said, This plan with God we complete when the time is right. That's not... Give me our, um, maybe reverse standard version or that would, that will be, there's something I'm really looking for. Okay, still looking for fullness of time now, but the whole time there, I'm trying to make you see fullness of times, which I like taking about ages. That's what I'm looking for. So go back to the King James, let's go down with that. Praise the living God. He said that in the dispensation of the fullness of times. He might gather together in one all things in Christ. Now, this is where the problem lies. How do you determine these dispensations? How do you determine the ages? All of these things are in God's hands. That is why I discovered that in Galatians 4, the Bible said, When it was the fullness of time, Jesus was born. Is that okay? And then... When you go to, um, I think, Act chapter 2, it tells us the same thing. When the fullness of time of day of Pentecost was come, there was always a fullness for those things to come to be. Now, he's talking about the fullness of times, fullness of ages. God will gather all things together into who? Into Christ. Both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. And verse 11. In which also we have obtained And what? Inheritance Being predestinated according to the purpose of him Who worketh all things After the counsel of his own will Will receive an inheritance Praise the living God And then that we should be what? To the praise of his glory Who first trusted in who? In Christ Remember it talks about false born among what? Many brethren. So it talks about the people that shall become the praise of God's glory on the earth. Who first trusted in Christ. When the gathering of all things are to be gathered together who in Him. Now what I'm trying to say is this. Coming to the place of dominion Coming to the place of glory Coming to the place of power All of those things are promises And they are locked up in the mind of Christ So if you have the mind of Christ There is a, a progressive un- unveiling Of those things that are already locked up within you You see We know of the butterfly We know of the pupa stage. We know of the lava sage Whatever I mean Doesn't go through all of those things But do you know something? The butterfly, what causes the change in the butterfly is in the head of the butterfly when upside down. When it's right inside the cocoon there, eating leaves. There's a little fluid on the head of the butterfly that causes the change to become a butterfly from the pupa stage. Are you there with me? Those of you who read biology should be able to know what I'm talking about. Maybe you didn't read biology in school. Is that okay? Come on, are you with me? Now you see, you don't tell the you don't tell the butterfly at that stage when he's out there eating leaves, pooper stage, whatever. You don't tell the butterfly what it's gonna become. The butterfly within its own mechanism that are built within will one day begin to fly as what? As a butterfly. How he becomes a butterfly doesn't know. But it's isn't his right there. If you ask butterfly, you, you think you're going to fly one day from this stage, you will tell you, I don't know. The only thing I know how to do is to eat leaves. Huh? Come on, are you following what I'm talking about? And now you realize the same thing. That's why you call it metamorphosis. Butterflies all go through metamorphosis. And so when you read on the Bible, it says, be it transformed by the renewing of your mind. Did you get that now? What is that? Be a metamorphosed by the renewing of your mind. So the power of change is where? In your mind. You see that? So, let this mind be in you. Means you receiving the mind of Christ. And all of those promises in the rainbow are locked up in the mind of Christ. And now you have the mind of Christ. So, on a gradual basis as we walk through the ages. You find that there is an unveiling of each of these promises that are coming to your life you begin to manifest them just like the butterfly from that stage begins to fly how that happens you don't know but then god have determined according to his will that will be people of his praise and glory who first trusted in who in christ praise the living christ okay now one thing is so important these promises are in the rainbow. What is the head, ordinarily? I have always been mentioning this. Remember in Revelation 14, the Bible made us to understand that the 144,000 have the Father's name written where? In their forehead. That is to say, for Christ to have... This rainbow, which is a symbol of the covenant or the promises on his head, it simply tells us one thing Christ will never forget the promises or the covenant that God has made. Are you listening to me? In other words, he will always and will bring them to pass. He will never forget anyone because they are where in his head. Whatever is in your head, you don't forget. Is that okay? So we have the guarantee. In the sense that the rainbow is in his head. We have the guarantee of all the promises because the rainbow is here. In the head of Jesus Christ. He will never forget. Never. The promises, the covenant that God has made is going to bring them to pass. Every one of them concerning creation is going to manifest them. That's why the rainbow is also in his head. Praise the living God. So for one thing, we can be double sure. That the one we are following, the one who has called us himself, is not just only calling us himself, he has also called us himself, that through us, he will reveal the promises that God has made. Praise the Lord. Again we find that a picture of this rainbow angel, He's speaking to us of the complete manifestation of the sons of God in creation, in full glory of the triune God, even as we are told in the scriptures. The full manifestation of the triune God. When I use the word triune God, you just understand what I mean. We're talking about the Father, Son, and then what? Holy Spirit. Praise the living God. I would like also to read Colossians from Amplified Translation, Colossians 2, 9 to 10. Amen. Colossians 2, chapter 2, from 9 to 10, book of Colossians. For in him, the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says, verse number 10, And you are in Him and made full and having come to a fullness of life in Christ, you too are filled with what? The Godhead. And what is the Godhead? Father, Son, and what? Holy Spirit. A rich full spiritual statue. And he is the head of all rule and authority of every angelic principality and what and power. Praise the living God. In him, now you watch this, the Bible says, in him is the fullness of deity, the Father, the Son and what? The Holy Spirit. And then I say, you are complete in him. Have you come to full expression as well, that you now have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Now let me tell you something. You know, people have this debate as to whose name to be baptized in. Some say, but the name of the Father. Others say, but the name of the Father, the Son. Others say, but the name of Jesus. How many of you have understood, I mean, have this argument? You see, the simple truth is that, the name of Jesus carries all other titles. Inclusive. Because the Bible tells us here yes, in him is the fullness of heart of deity. So in the name of Jesus, you have all of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit living in your life. That's what it means. Praise the living God. But you see, when you say, baptize In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, If you think about it, Actually, what he was saying is that the Jews have God as Yahweh. So the Jews, they have to believe God to be their father. Because to be baptized into a name, is to be baptized into covenant with that name. That's why Paul in 1 Corinthians was saying, I baptize no one in my name. Is that okay? The first Corinthians 10, we are told that the children of Israel were baptized into the cloud and into Moses. But that it was meant to believe that they were baptized or brought into obligation under the law of Moses. Is that okay? Right. So, baptizing the name of the Father or Yahweh, as it was to the Jews, is to come to believe that God is is God. Baptizing the name of the Son is to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And the Jews have to be told that so that they can accept it and appreciate the fact that Jesus is truly the Son of God. But for the Gentiles, they were actually baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit brings you the conviction to know that Jesus is the Son of God. And Jesus takes you and presents you to the Father that you are a joint brother with Him. Are you following what I'm talking about? That's just what it means by the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. But now when you are full of this, help me Father. When you are full of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Something that begins to happen is this. Don't you forget. Father is a title, it's not a name. Son is a title. Holy Spirit is a title. If you will. Is that okay? Very good. Now what happens? What does fathers do? Fathers have the ability to give birth. Fathers have ability to create. Fathers have ability to bring forth life. Are you there with me? Very good. Because you see, if you are a father, you can be a father, a father can be a husband, a husband can be a child. Am I correct? You are a father for every man which married is a father, is a husband, and he's also a child to his parents. But it is Sympathy, Is that is that is that clear? Very good. Even so, so what but precisely what does father do? Because we know that there's a big difference between a father and a husband. We need to understand that Is that ok? Yeah You know there's a big difference between a father, a husband And uh, a man You know like I will tell people I said it before For ladies you don't pray for a man You pray for a husband It will be stupid for you to be praying for a man Because See A madman in the street can get you pregnant He's still a man but that's not a husband. Am I correct? You don't need a madman. Do you need a madman? No. You're praying for a husband. What What does the Bible say about husbands? The husband love your wives. So you're looking for somebody who can love you and not somebody who can just get you pregnant. A madman can do that. Huh? Are you still there with me? Yeah. So you see, but fathers are creative people. Fathers are people that bring fall to life. So when you begin to, whether male or female, when you are filled with the Spirit of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit as deity, you come into the place where you begin to create life. You release life. In fact, this is when it comes to a place when you pray, things happen because you are a creator. How did God bring forth creation as a Father? The Bible tells us that if God is the Father of all creation, how did it come to be? Let there be lights. He could create because he was a Father. Are you still there with me? You give backs. That's what it means to be a father. So when you have the spirit full of father, son, and holy spirit. We come into the place where you can receive things. You can manifest things. You can bring forth things into creation. Because you are working and functioning at the dimension of the father spirit. Praise the living God. And I say son, it's simple. You also have this demand relationship, you come into the place where creation will also begin to obey you. And that is where you see, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ on the day of about him, the Father said, this my beloved son, the woman, where, please, hear, hear him. I mean if you remember that. And what happened, like I keep telling you, the ocean, the sea, the wave, they were able to obey the Son because God said, this my Son. He grown up to the place where God can give him his own ring or authority or he can sign his signature. So when he said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, ocean, the wind they had. So when they were crossing the sea, what happened? Jesus woke up and asked the sea to be what? To be quiet. And the storm was quiet. Why? Because the day God said, This is my beloved son, you hear, you hear him, the wind, the storm, they also had when God said that. That is to say, in the place of sonship, you are assuming, you are coming to the place of divine authority. That you can speak on behalf of the Father. Praise the Lord. And Now the Holy Spirit, when you have been full of the Holy Spirit, the intents of God, the mind of God will be revealed to you. Jesus said, I'm not leaving you alone. I'm going to leave you comfortless or leave you like an orphan. I'm going to come back to you as a comforter. And everything that I heard. And everything that I have spoken to you. You bring to what? To your remembrance. You see that? So when you are full of the Holy Spirit. Understanding is coming up. You begin to see. You begin to understand. You begin to see the things of God. The way they are supposed to be seen. Praise the living God. Now all of these promises. Are enshrined where? In the mind of Christ. And so, if you have the mind of Christ, all this will begin to be unveiled or be released gradually. So, that's part of how you come to the fullness of the Father. That's God our day for us and the time for us from creation of the world. You must come to the place where the Holy Spirit works in your mind to the point where, I mean, you could remember. <laughs> Let me even put it this way. I said, when creation was brought forth, think seriously about that. Moses was not there. How did Moses write the book of Genesis? (laughs) Was he there when God was created? So how did he write the book of Genesis? How did he get to know it took seven days for creation? I mean, all of those things. Genesis 1, 2, 3. They are prophetic twerves. How did Moses get to know all that? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Because he said... When the Spirit comes, He will bring to your mind. He will bring to your remembrance. In other words, the things you know, the things you don't even know are revealed to you by what? By the Holy Spirit. He reveals the mind and the intents of God. Did you get that? So it's not just about speaking in tongues and all of those things which we, we always, no, it's much more than that. How much of God's mind do you know? How much of God's intentions for creation do you know? Because these are the things that the Holy Spirit is supposed to be teaching us. Praise the living God. Are we together? All right. So you see, in the truest sense, the base of understanding here, the fullness of Godhead dwelling in Christ bodily. This is different and opposed to the Jewish tabernacle or temple here that we we should be talking about. In, in the temple, for instance, you have the types and the shadows. Is that okay? You have the types and the shadows in the temple. But in Christ, which is the temple of the living God, this living temple, not made with hands, is that okay? All of those things are found in the temple in the bodily form. Those things which are supposed to be types and shadows in the Old Testament, they are real, manifested through an individual called Jesus. Praise the living God. You follow me? So, we are made to understand, and it is to come common understand that God dwells in good men. You won't use that. This man is a good man. God is in him. You know? And, and so it is as well that God dwells in us in complete union in our soul, it dwells within our body. So, also, we can find the same thing that Christ Himself is full of God. Spirit of Father, Son, and what? Holy Spirit. The fullness of deity. The fullness of the expression of God. Dwelt in Christ in a bodily form. When you say bodily form, that means in a human being. Praise the living God. As a human being, he had all of the fullness of God. And the fullness of God described as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the fullness of deity. And Jesus had all of that. So now, this is also the privilege that he's bringing us into. That substantially will become the fullness of the deity of God. Which is Father, Son and what? Holy Spirit. Now all of this is coming through the fact that he has a rainbow wear on his head. Praise the living God. So this then is the mystery of a new birth. Are you known in Christ? Now let us read the scripture. Um, look at John 1, 14 and then verse 16. John 1, 14 and verse 16. Praise the living God. What do you find in John chapter 1, verse 14? The world was made flesh. King James. Praise the Lord. So the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And what happened? And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. Okay. Look at verse 16. And of his fullness. Huh? Very good. Of his fullness have we all received... And what? Grace for grace. Grace for grace. So it's like saying, from glory to glory. Of that fullness. With which he functioned, with which he operated. Of that fullness of him have we all received. And grace for grace. Praise the living God. So the first thing you've got to understand is you have this in you but it have to be a manifestation of this thing at times in times and ages and seasons, let me put it that way Praise the living God So we find again that the Lord in this song will never forget His covenant promises Wait unto us for the upon He said this again, like I said, the mystery of the rainbow upon the head of who? Of Jesus Christ. They will not forget the promises. And if he's full of the deity of God, we have received sin. have been born of the Spirit of God. And we have the privilege. You see, the more you relate, the more you are in tune with that with God, has revealed to us the more you meditate you tune in into that which you know is already within you you'll be a gradual manifestation of those things especially with the influence of the Holy Spirit you will know things that ordinarily you are not supposed to know the natural mind the Bible made us understand that the things of God cannot be comprehended by the natural mind that means you have another mind that will comprehend the things of God and let this mind be you, which are also in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And so we come into the place, people of God, where through dominion and authority were manifested through a people on this earth. The real Superman will be revealed on this earth. Everything Jesus demonstrated, the life he lived, was just an example of what his other brethren are going to live. Amen. There shall be a full manifestation. I have only said this. A full manifestation of the glory of God. And the truth of the matter is this. Even the life he lived in the natural was on the fullness. Let me read the scripture. Romans chapter 1. Look at 3 and 4. Romans chapter 1. Concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made... Of the seed of David according to the flesh. Son of David. Remember that? Verse 4. And declared to be the son of God with power. According to what? The spirit of holiness. By what? The resurrection from the dead. So his true sonship was when he put on immortality. Did you get that? When he walked in Palestine for three and a half years, that was just Son of David. And so, what we are looking at is beyond the realm of Son of David. We're got to move into the dimension where we really put on immortality. That's when our true sonship is revealed. Praise the living God. Are you following what I'm talking about here? So, there is that quickening that has to take place within you. And like I used to say, I'm not told anywhere and nobody have been able to answer that question. I've asked two or three persons that Jesus raised a dead man when he rose from the grave. I didn't see any record. The argument is it's not everything that he did that were recorded. <laughs> but the truth is this. If Jesus has raised anybody when he rose from the grave, that person will have still been alive today. Did you get that? Because then he was in the realm of immortality. So he will have imparted immortality before immortality time comes. Because you must not forget, when the fullness of time was come, Jesus was born. When it was the fullness of, of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost came. There has to be fullness. So there's also a fullness of the time of what? Immortality. Now Jesus would not want to break that. If Jesus had raised Lazarus after resurrection, Lazarus would have saved a alive. But when he raised Lazarus, he was the son of David in the flesh. You get that? No, the son of God. <laughs> Glory to God. And somebody would say, but David, God call him my son. Oh, that is what you need to understand. There have to be a son and the son must come to the place of maturity. You have little children with us in the church here. They are sons... Right? But they must grow to become true sons. To carry the father's name. And be able to do stuff as compared to when they are little children. Praise the Lord. So if Jesus had raised Lazarus after resurrection. Maybe Lazarus will be visiting you sometimes. He will have still been alive. But you see he died again because. Help me now. I said this to you the other time. You know, the book of Isaiah, the Bible talks about you being called what? Ministers of God. How many of you remember that? It said they shall be called the ministers of God. No. Somebody needs to get this right. Presently, we are ministers of the gospel of Christ. I said that the other time. I mean, if you can still remember. Because if you are ministering God, you are distributing God. And God can die... Huh? Praise the living God. So, you see, you have the gospel of Abraham, you have the gospel of Jesus. But to be a minister of God, how many of you understand? You know the word, let me say this. If you are a minister of agriculture in your country, that means your portfolio determines food supply in the country. If you are a minister of education, that means through you, illiteracy will be eradicated. That's what it means. Is that okay? You're providing education. You're enlightening the community. That's what it means to be minister of education. That's what your portfolio, your ministry speaks about. Agriculture, make sure food is available to everybody. So now if you're a minister of God, what are you supposed to be giving out? God. See what I mean? In other words, you are completely this is what I'm talking about when the fullness of God dwells in you you become a distributor of God in that dimension and think about it God doesn't die so if I have to set healing in your life it has to be complete and permanent healing you just can never be sick anymore because God is not sick you follow what I'm saying here? so at best presently all over the world what we have ministers of the gospel of jesus christ not ministers of god because we become a minister of god you'll be distributing god and god lives forever god doesn't die god is so many signs are you following what i'm talking about we still minister to people who cannot even remember their names (laughs) but when you start distributing god that means their wisdom it's, it's just like, you understand what I'm talking about? You bring it on the level of creativity. I mean, distributing life. So, we're just ministers of the gospel of Christ. At the best for now. Not ministers of God. Because when you start ministering God, you're distributing God to creation. But I'm saying the time is coming. Hallelujah. We are walking towards it. I'm just giving you the promises God has made. He said, there are times, I mean, time is coming when you shall be called the ministers of God. And get to think about it. You see, you look at this country today. Somebody once asked me this question, Pastor De, where is the benefit if others will come into this? I said, "That's where you have it wrong. Today we have people who are in government, apart from those who have voted into there. One of the things that gets them into the place of government that they, they are ruling you is because you are educated. Am I correct? Praise the Lord. But you see, they are ruling you and yet they are all your own people. And that's the same thing. Those who first trusted in Christ, who come to the place of dominion and rulership, The dead in Christ arise first. How many of you remember that? Very good. And then you come to the point of teaching your own people. You need to understand what happened to Peter. Peter with all his timidity initially. When he received the power of the Holy Spirit. What happened? He walked in the midst of people. Raised this man that was crippled. And what's the next thing? The Bible made us to that. And they took knowledge that they have been with who? With Jesus. They begin to admire Peter. Peter was a different person from the rest of the people. He grew up among them. He lived among them. But by the time he encountered Christ in a new dimension, he was a different person. By the time God has done with you, you will be a different person in the midst of your community. Praise the living God. Are you following what I'm talking about? You'll be a different person. A completely different person. Completely changed from who you are right now. I mean, there is hope and there are promises God has made. And all of this thing are wrapped up in the rainbow that's upon the head of he who is the head of the church. And the good news I have for you tonight is this, all the promises that God has made, Jesus will never forget them, because where in his head. So if God says you're going to rise on this face of this, even what personal promises has made to you, that can even give you an assurance. In your own family, your own home, if God has given you a personal promise, just don't forget this, because the rainbow is upon the head of Christ. Your personal promises will never be forgotten. He will bring everything to pass. That's why the rainbow is upon his head.